Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
תעבור במים איתך אני, ובנהרות לא ישטפוך, כי תלך במואש, לא תיכבר, ולהבה לא תיבר בך. כי תעבור במים איתך אני, ובנהרות לא ישטפוך, כי תלך במואש, לא תיכבר, ולהבה לא תיבר בך. כי עם בציון ישב בירושלים תעבור במים איתך אני, ובנהרות לא ישטפוך, כי תלך במואש, לא תיכבד, ולהבה Certainly something we're waiting for anxiously at this time, maybe more anxiously than ever. I'm Bitsion, that's uh, Benny Friedman here at JM and the AM. Matt Dubb had AFO, you heard Pen Pen from Yumi Lowy. Baruch Levine with Pedusha, Aryeh Kunstler had Micha Mocha. 
Yaakov Chesed with Mivan Siach, Adon Alam done by Yishai Rebo, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Thursday on this April 2nd, day 8 in the month of Nisan, the year 5780, Tufshin Pei, a year that's going to be uh, referred to and spoken about for quite a while. Uh, upcoming holiday of Pesach begins on Wednesday night. We're less than a week away. And uh, what an unusual holiday of Pesach 5780 it will be. Uh, but hopefully uh, everybody will be able to make the best and the most of this um, unusual circumstance. We pray for those who are in need of a speedy recovery. And there are many, too many who are. We mourn those who have passed away. It seems that everybody now in our community is um, unfortunately familiar with uh, many of the people, or at least some of the people that have passed on at this point. And it's uh, getting quite sad out there every time you look to get some information, and that's the type of information you get. We have to pray to the one above that this comes to a uh, to a halt ASAP. And pray for a speedy recovery for all those who are suffering at the moment. 40 degrees outside with 58% humidity. Winds in northwest at 9 miles an hour. Mostly sunny and a high of 59. Then tonight, showers late, low 45. Tomorrow morning, showers and a high temperature Friday, 52 degrees. 59 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 40 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Um... Yeah, we're here uh, until 9 o'clock. Our friends at World Mizrahi will simulcast us. You'll be able to see us at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. We're scheduled to speak with uh, Joseph Gitler of Leket in Israel as they try to make it through the uh, challenging times that we're in right now. Rabbi Gil Pearl will join us from the Kohelet School in uh, in Pennsylvania. They've got a unique program going on that's being very helpful to people in the healthcare industry. And Jay Booksbaum is scheduled to join us. We'll talk a little bit about wine and grape juice and things you need to know as we get closer to the uh, holiday of Pesach here at JM in the AM. Um, trying to think, was there anything else I want to mention right now? We're going to try to do a Zoom uh, live lunch, 11 a.m. Try to do a Zoom live lunch. We'll include that link in the uh, in the daily thread, and um, trying to think what else. Full schedule, as you would imagine, it's Thursday after all. Full schedule, all day long here at the Nahum Siegel Network. No reason to uh, touch that dial, as they say. And uh, tomorrow morning at seven forty, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us. For the weekly update right here at JM in the AM.
Well, boys and girls, I know we're in the middle of this song, and usually on Pesach night, we sing the song really late, and some of you fall asleep. Well, now we're teaching you a new Chagadia, so you could stay up all night long, and then at the end, you could sing two Chagadias, the regular Chagadia, and this new Chagadia. Isn't that a great idea? Well, come on, everybody, we're up to the third verse, so get ready to sing along, because you know what's going to happen now, the music. That's a great song. Where'd you hear it? I spent a Shabbos in Liverpool, of course. Ilu, ilu, hotziyanu, hotziyanu, mi mitzrayim, velo asaba, hem shvatim, dayenu.
JM in the AM Thursday morning broadcast. Hashata, words from the Haggadah with the one and only Avremo, Avram Free, Dayenu, done by Paul Zim. You heard Schlockrock with Chad Gadya here at JM in the AM. Well, it's amazing what you learn from the NSN app. A good morning and a happy birthday and Yom Huledet Sameach to listener Judy Landy, celebrating both a Hebrew and English birthday. Imagine that. And giving us a wonderful brach on her Hebrew birthday, and I thank you for that, Judy. In addition to being such a great supporter of ours, thank you for your donation this week to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Much, uh, much appreciated. She wants to hear the most appropriate song for her birthday, and I think she's right. <laughs> this is it, the one from uh, Schleimy Gertner. It's called Happy Birthday. More coming up. Happy birthday, Judy. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Shalshelis Jr. in Yerushalayim. Before that, the uh, Keter Malucha selection that uh, is done by, um, <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> the Facebook Live picture of me is me on the phone. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, let me just make sure I could share this properly. We want to share this to, uh, we want everyone on uh, Facebook to be able to see us, right? So, um, there we go. Nahum Siegel Network, there we go. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network should have it right now. So you can check us out and enjoy the show uh, through that fashion, through that manner. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli is the world's best. Serving the kosher and kosher La Pesach world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. There we go. We've got the... Uh, We've got the uh, Galit Sal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. We're going to check in with uh, Leket Israel, see what's happening there. After all, they are uh, quite concerned and are always dealing with the um, distribution of food to the poor. So we'll speak with uh, Joseph Gitler coming up. Jay Buxbaum from Kedem is going to join us later on with some tips before the Seder regarding wine and grape juice. And um, we'll check in with her by Gil Pearl. His school has done something unique to produce protective face shields for doctors and hospital staff. Pretty amazing. We'll speak with him coming up as well here at JMNAM. Also, Mark Zamek has a unique Erev Shabbos show tonight. We'll talk more about that later on. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday next. Boker Tov from JMNAM. גבר בן 90 שסבל ממחלות רקע רבות, נפטר לפני שעה קלה במרכז הרפואי איכילוב. כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו מציין שזהו החולה השביעי שמת היום מסיבוכי המחלה. מנכ״ל קופת חולים מקבי, פרופסור רן סער, מעריך בוועדת הקורונה שבכנסת, יותר מרבע מתושבי בני ברק חולים בקורונה. אני מאוד מודאג מבני ברק, אני מכה על חטא שאני לפני שבועיים לא הפכתי שולחן. ולא צעקנו שקורה משהו בבני ברק. הנתונים שלנו, אם דיברו על שליש מחולי בני ברק שהם חולים, הנתונים שלנו כבר מראים 38 אחוז. וזה הולך ועולה. הממשלה מאשרת מענק סיוע לעצמאים ברקע משבר קורונה, מדווחת כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג. על פי ההצעה יוענק לעצמאים סכום של 65% מממוצע מחזור העסקאות שלהם, אך לא יותר מ-6,000 שקלים. בנוסף, תאשר הממשלה כי ישולם מענק נוסף במהלך חודש מאי. השרים מאשרים את הענקת הסיוע בשעה זו במשאל טלפוני. הרשות הפלסטינית הודיעה כי הובחנו עוד 21 חולי קורונה תושבי רמאללה, עוטף ירושלים וחברון. כתבנו לעניינים ערביים צ'קי חוגי מעדכן, שבכך מטפס מספר החולים בשטחי הרשות ל-155 חולים. מניין המתים בספרד מזנק בכמעט 1,000 מתים נוספים ביממה האחרונה. 
מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ נועה מועלם. משרד הבריאות במדריד מעדכן על עלייה של 950 מתים מנגיף הקורונה בספרד בין שלישי לרביעי. מניין המתים המעודכן עומד כעת על 10,003 בני אדם. באיטליה מתו עד כה יותר מ-13,000 מהנגיף, בצרפת כ-4,000 ובבריטניה כ-2,300. מספר החולים העולמי מנגיף הקורונה עקף את 900,000 ומתקרב למיליון חולים ברחבי העולם. מזג האוויר למחר, עלייה נוספת בטמפרטורות, לקראת סוף שבוע חם מאוד, יבש ושרבי. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Say 
JM in the AM. Saw those words a little bit better than I usually see them uh, uh, the other day uh, in Carbonos, and I said to myself, wow, those are appropriate words for these times. Rebon Kol Ha'olamim, that's of course uh, Barry Weber here at JM in the AM. A very powerful video, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a very powerful video. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. On all of our usual platforms, plus, uh, as you know, World Mizrahi is uh, simulcasting this broadcast to their virtual Beit Midrash every Monday through Thursday. They do that Monday through Thursday, four out of the six days that we're live. I'm live Monday through Friday, and Matas, of course, on Sunday morning. Um, so all of our usual platforms, plus, you could add that. Because of their simulcast, you could see us now on Facebook Live. You could actually go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, uh, listen and watch the show for the next, oh, they'll be with us for at least the next uh, hour and 50 minutes or so. Uh, hour and 40 minutes, I would say. Yeah, about the next hour and 40 minutes or so. So Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. If you're at your desk, it's an easy way to uh, tune in and uh, be part of the action, as we say. Um, on our telephone line from Israel is Joseph Gitler. He's founder and chairman of Leket Israel, the National Food Bank, uh, the leading food rescue organization that you can imagine is always busy before Pesach. One can only imagine how busy they are before Pesach 5780. Joseph Gitler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, for the opportunity to be on with you. Uh, yeah, pleasure. Thank God, off the air, you told us that uh, your family's doing well through this crisis, Baruch Hashem, and you're able to help a lot of people. Uh, remind the audience what Leket does before Pesach on a regular basis and a regular year, and what's going on now in front of this uh, unique Pesach experience that we're all about to get into. Yeah, so normally Leket is bulking up on the amount of food that we're rescuing from farmers who've got crops that are... Uh, not sellable or where the market price is low. And in addition, we're collecting as many cooked meals as we can to try to take care of people and deliver it to various organizations throughout Israel who take care of the poor. But of course, for those who've heard me on here before, uh, people know that the main source of the excess food that Leket gets comes from the hotel industry, the catering industry, events, and the Israeli army. As of a month ago, we were collecting about 10,000 meals a day on average from those sites. Last report I got as of yesterday, because it's only the afternoon here, we picked up less than 500 meals because all the hotels are closed. There are no events. All the companies are closed. We're getting a tiny bit of food from the Army, but that's also drying up. Um, the, the demand that uh, has been created by this crisis uh, dwarfs the usual pre-Pesach demand. And as you just said, uh, in terms of what's going coming in, in terms of what you're able to collect and gather together for people, it's much, much less. How are you uh, dealing with this situation? Yeah, it's really, I would say, uh, the biggest crisis situation any of us have ever seen, Israel and overseas, actually. For once, the partnership is both ways. Sadly, we're seeing you, everyone in New York. I just want to, you know, send my best wishes, stay safe and healthy, everyone in New York, of course, where I grew up. Um, so what Leckett's done is we launched a campaign two weeks ago, basically saying our normal source of rescued food, which we get for pennies on the dollar, has completely dried up. 
like it never, ever buys food, we need to buy food. Because we have a platform of many years, people know us and trust us that we're going to spend their money wisely. Uh, we launched this campaign, and thankfully it's been very successful. Uh, we still have a ways to go, but we've been able to hire four of the catering firms who normally give us their excess food for free. We've put about 100 people who work for those companies back to work, and we're able to currently uh, order 10,000 meals a day. I'd like to grow that. And the reason I'd like to grow that beyond the people we normally give to is because, as you said, Nahum, the demand has exploded. Those who were vulnerable before this crisis are even more vulnerable now, and we have hundreds of thousands of new vulnerabilities as well in Israel from people who in their lives never imagined they would need help. And it just shows you how many people live close to the edge when a week or two of no income or reduced income means they just can't afford to take care of their families anymore. It's quite scary for those of us who are in this uh, charity world. Yeah, no question about it. And that's, of course, a situation that's now being realized in every country on the planet, just how many people are living hand-to-mouth. Uh, normally, how does somebody um, become a, uh, a Leckett recipient? And is, is it the same system now? Do they call you? Do they make contact with the organization? How, how does one go ahead and, uh, and request food items from you guys? Okay, so generally, and, and mostly now as well, Leckett, like most food banks, we work through agencies throughout the country, soup kitchens, homeless shelters, battered women's shelters, Meals on Wheels programs. We bring them food, and then they take care of their clientele. And that's the typical way you see food banks work. Now, because of the crisis, we're getting hundreds of phone calls a day to our office. We're doing our best to pass them on to agencies we are partnered with. And because of the fluidity of the situation, we've partnered with dozens more organizations that we normally don't work with throughout Israel. And we're working very closely with many municipalities. Mm around the country because they've set up these, uh, you know, war war, cent- war distribution centers so that we don't have to deal with the logistics as much. They're, they're finding volunteers. They're delivering door-to-door because also many of the agencies, the Amutot, as we say in Hebrew, are closed, so there's a lot more door-to-door service that needs to be done. Let me add one last detail. The Israeli army has, over the last few days, really taken a leadership position, especially when it comes to feeding the elderly. And yesterday I was enthused to see two army trucks, basically donated by the army with a driver, show up at our warehouse <laughs> to help us with our distribution. So everyone's pitching in, and that includes financially. Um, while we're getting tons of support from overseas, as we've come to expect, I would say pr- right now for every donation we get from diaspora jewelry, we're getting three to four donations from Israelis. So Israelis are doing what they need to do to help in this situation. And, of course, those in the diaspora are helping us as well, despite all the needs in our own communities. Joseph Gittler is with us, Lek at Israel, feeding a lot of people before this Pesach. It must be a terrible mixed feeling you have, knowing that uh, on the positive side, you are actually you know, making people's Pesach. Without you, it would be impossible without your organization. On the other side, there are so many. Uh, it's obvious that you're not going to get to everybody, but uh, and there'll still be people in need. Uh, but I guess it's important to concentrate on the first part, right? It's important to concentrate on the fact that there are families who would never be able to make it 
through those seven days in Israel, and they have you to thank. That yeah, well, we're doing to... as much as we can. Sorry to have cut you off. We're no, doing no. as much as we can to help as many as we can. I imagine, and, and to, by the way, and to be ready for the day after. Right. right? I, I, we're taking risks, financial risks also, but I want to make sure that Leket will be able to serve people when this crisis, please God, ends sooner than we think. Um, that being said, um, I imagine right after Pesach, we are going to relaunch and continue uh, to grow this campaign because if, I'm, if we're doing 10,000 meals a day today, we could easily do 20,000, and we're willing to do that, no problem whatsoever, as long as we feel that we have the resources in place. Uh, check out the website, everybody. I assume it's leket.org. Am I right about that? Leket.org is perfect. You'll see information about the current campaign. And, you know, it's really it's heartening to see Israel and everywhere in the world, uh, humanity coming together to help people. Hopefully we will continue to have the strength to do it. I think we need more strength than any of us have ever felt in our lives. And I'll tell you, actually, if we should have something amusing, Nachum, before we go, since you did work in MTA uh, when I was there, Yeshiva University High School, my son just discovered my 12th grade yearbook. <laughs> and he's been taking just something. My God, we have to have some fun, right? A little, and he's been taking pictures of all my close friends that he recognizes who I'm still close with and sending pictures to all of them. And now he found the picture of me in Rabbi Fine's shear and my brother in Rabbi Dulitz's shear. So uh, at least something, maybe that's something people who are listening, go back, go look at your high school yearbooks. You know, uh, a great way to reconnect with your past <laughs> and have a little bit of fun in these difficult times. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, if you go to the Leket website, you'll see they rescue nutritious surplus food for those in need. They do that all year round, and now they're trying to feed as many people for the holiday of Pesach. For $38, you can provide special Pesach meals for one person for an entire week. And as we know, there are a lot of households around the world, not just Israel, but obviously in Israel when it comes to Leket, there are a lot of households around the world that will have one person in them for the holiday of Pesach, which is heartbreaking. But, you know, as Leket says, uh, their Seder night may be different, but they will not be alone because they'll know that uh, Leket was there uh, to help make sure they have food for the entire holiday. Thousands of elderly Israelis will be homebound in quarantine during the Pesach Seder with no access to food. If you want to participate, you can help out. It's $38. These are times where it's difficult for anybody to part with anything. But... Uh, when you have an opportunity for $38 to actually feed someone for Pesach, that might be the best form of Mo's chitim, especially during this unique year. Information, go to leket.org, L-E-K-E-T.org. Make your donation and help out. And uh, Joseph Gittler, a big, big yashikach to you for your work and the work of the entire organization. And I hope you are successful in feeding as many elderly and general people living in Israel as possible for this unique holiday that we're about to start. Thank you, Nachum. Chag Sameach to everyone. And thank you, uh, Nachum, for being such a great source of news and uh, comfort to all in the Jewish community around the world. Much appreciated. Thank you, Nachag Kasher Sameach. Joseph Gittler, Leket Israel, Leket.org, L-E-K-E-T.org. Check it out and enjoy doing this amazing mitzvah before this unique holiday of Pesach. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM at 20 minutes after 7 o'clock. Late at night, you're sleeping. 
but she's tossing and turning Awake with the faith That someday you'll be fine When hunger calls her name She's fighting to feed her children When pain calls again She's just too busy to listen But
J.M. and the A.M., uh, Aleph Bays from Yaakov Shweki. Before that, you heard <clears throat> Eighth Day with May You Be Blessed. 40 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 59. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday at J.M. and the A.M. <clears throat> We're going to speak to Rabbi Gil Pearl coming up about what his students have been doing during this uh, challenging time. We'll also speak to uh, Jay Booksbaum from Kedem. He'll have some messages regarding grape juice and uh, wine. Pretty upcoming holiday of Pesach. 
here at JM and I want to remind you that our friends at artscroll.com, they're doing a whole bunch of great things for everybody, including free downloads during this challenging time. Check it out. Go to artscroll.com for details. Also, if you uh, purchase the brand new uh, book about Rebbitz and Jungreis, the biography of Rebbitz and Jungreis, or the brand new book by Crone at the um, Magid Seder, enjoy 15% off. Imagine that. Enjoy 15% off. If you use the promo code radio, 15% off, use the promo code radio. Go to uh, artscroll.com, artscroll.com for all the details and enjoy. By the way, big shout out to Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, who just had a beautiful comment uh, about JM and the AM on uh, the Facebook Live uh, feed, which I don't really check that often, but I happen to check it now and I thank him very much. It's not. A lot of people think it's easy to keep this going every single day. It is not, and I thank him for appreciating it very, very much. And the Rabbi Elchanan Weinbach, one of my oldest and dearest friends, who has been on this show a million times talking about fast days and other things as well. Um, he also tossed in a, a word that will help keep us going, a word of inspiration. I thank him very, very much. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It's interesting to note that when Hashem tells B'nai Yisrael to take revenge against Midian, afterwards, Moshe Rabbeinu was going to leave this world. We find a fascinating Yalkut Shmoni. It tells us that if Moshe was not going to take revenge, then he could have a long life. However, Moshe Rabbeinu preferred that he should conquer Midian and be victorious over an enemy rather than his own personal gain to live longer. The Zerashimshan asked, why specifically was it Moshe Rabbeinu that was to conquer Midian? What was that relationship? And why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to be the one and no one else? The Zerashimshan answers, what is exactly the relationship of Moshe Rabbeinu to Midian? He says there's a Yesod in Kabbalah, and explains that when one leader wants to succeed in conquering another country, he must have had some connection to that country that he's going to conquer. If he doesn't have that connection, he will not be victorious. As we see, Pinchas was descended from Yisro, who was able to conquer Midian. David, who was a descendant of Rus, could conquer Moab. Why does the leader have to have that connection? The reason is, is because if the country provided a positive environment when the leader was growing up and it promoted his spiritual growth, then the country is protected by the schuyos of that particular tzaddik. If the land was corrupt and didn't contribute anything to the spiritual growth of the leader, then the land is unprotected and can be conquered. Only that leader, the individual himself, can properly discern what type of effect the country's environment had on him. For that reason, no one else could rise up in war against Midian except for Moshe, because only Moshe Rabbeinu could judge whether Midian had a positive influence or not. And because of this, Moshe Rabbeinu had to be the only one to conquer Midian. We see how important it is that even the environment, even the city or the state in which we grow up has an effect on us, may it always be a good one. 
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
J.M. in the A.M. with Yitzhak Fuchs, Ms. Marla David. Thursday morning, J.M. in the A.M. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are uh, doing what is necessary to keep you and your family healthy. For those who are in need of a speedy recovery, we wish everybody a refuah shlema, and we are praying for all those around the world who are in need of a refuah shlema, and for those families who are going through the ultimate, the ultimate agony, which is the um, the passing of... Uh, of family members and now not being able to sit shiva the traditional way and say kaddish the traditional way, etc. We are thinking of you. We are thinking of you. And uh, we talk about collective Jewish pain, uh, the collective Jewish heart that feels that pain around the world. And uh, it's uh, been that phrase has been used on this show many, many times through many episodes. And this one, for this one, it might be the most appropriate, frankly. We have everyone in mind and we hope everyone is doing well to get through this uh, current crisis. Thursday morning, JM in the AM. Reminder that we are uh, we are going to present our regular Thursday schedule, which means you could be with NSN all day long. We'll try to send out a Zoom link later on for our 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, live lunch. So you'll be able to participate in that. We'll have that for you coming up tomorrow morning, 7.40, right around now, 7.40 Eastern time tomorrow morning. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents, of major American Jewish organizations with a weekly update. I mentioned it's not easy to keep this going. Uh, we sent out an email a couple of days ago uh, with quotes from listeners about uh, about how important this show and this network is during this time and what it means to them. If you, if you missed the email or purposely did not open it because you don't open our general emails that come on a regular basis, please try to read that one. I hope you'll be inspired to support us and to uh, do what you can to keep us going. Those of you who want to uh, sponsor all or part of a broadcast in memory of somebody, in honor of someone for someone's yard site, whatever the case may be, uh, we ask you to please uh, keep us in mind as a uh, an avenue to do that in front of thousands of people. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and I thank you very, very much. On the subject of uh, Rafur Shlema, the brand new Rafana from Yonatan Sheinfeld. This is JM in the AM.
ברחובות שואל מדוע, מתי בחופשיות תוכל לנוע? כן, כן, נרפה, נעלה. תלמידי רבי עקיבא לא זכרנו, אולי כבוד זה בזה לא נהגנו. J.M. in the A.M., Yonatan Sheinfeld, brand new called Refana, a song created specifically because of the situation that so many are in right now as we pray for a speedy recovery for all those who are in need at this point. And unfortunately, that list is many, uh, plus the list of those uh, both in our community and in general who have passed away and the families that are left in this uh, terrible state of not being able to sit shiva properly or in general, just to mourn the way we're used to mourning is um, heartbreaking. Something to keep in mind as we are in touch with family and friends during this time. Quarter before 8 o'clock, J.M. in the A.M. Kohelet Yeshiva High School, an Orthodox Jewish school in Marion Station, Pennsylvania, began fabricating special protective face shields for medical professionals who are on the front lines battling COVID-19 using its 3D printers in its state-of-the-art Fab Lab, Fabrication Laboratory. Kohelet's first batch of the protective face shields have been delivered to frontline doctors, doctors in, a, in the Philadelphia community, as well, as well as to a medical center in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. According to Kohelet Yeshiva Head of School, Rabbi Dr. Gil Pearl, the school's innovative Fab Lab has been a hub of activity. Despite the fact that school is closed, ordinarily used for multidisciplinary project-based activities in conjunction with its STEM and arts programs, the Fab Lab was transformed into a production facility as its 3D printers began producing prototypes of protective face shields that have since received medical approval from the Infectious Disease Prevention Team at Lanikano Medical Center. 
Rabbi Dr. Gil Pearl, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. It's good to be here. Um, I mean, that was the first thing I think that a lot of people said, and you know, it may sound it may sound a little um, a trivial, uh, but in order to do this, you have to open the school building and allow, uh, I assume, both teachers and kids to be in the same lab. Am I right? We have we have no kids involved. It's just it's just the faculty. It's actually our our fab lab director, an art teacher, and his wife, who is you know completely volunteering her time. Um, she's a graphic artist, and uh, the two of them and myself, we've really been the ones in the building, the only ones in the building. Um, and then we have just, a, at this point, almost an army of volunteers, either in their houses or in cars doing pickups and drop-offs for us um, all over the place. But does, no, we don't, we don't have any kids in the building at the moment. Does that army include students? Um, for, we have alumni. We, we don't have current students who are, who are leaving the house. We do have kids, believe it or not, who have access to 3D printers in, the, in their homes who are printing the, some of the pieces that we need. <laughs> and then we're, send, we're sending people to uh, – they're, they're leaving them outside their door. And we have people who are going to pick them up. All right, I don't know. Why, I don't know why I thought having the students involved was important, but I'm glad to hear that they they actually have a role in this. You really have every uh, every department in the school somehow involved: administration, faculty, and students. Absolutely. I mean, actually, our youngest students, together with their parents, made this incredible video last week that we that we circulated. Um, you know, t- telling people about what we were doing and and uh, advertising our the page where we're, we're taking donations to pay for these supplies. So the truth of the matter is everybody has been involved from our, our youngest students who got on there to say that, you know, their parents are doctors or their parents are nurses and, and thanking us for creating this gear for them, you know, to our older students who can actually do some of this printing. Now it's funny, everybody, Dr. Gil Pearl's with us. It's funny because uh, th- there were some, I saw some comments lamenting that there's only a certain number of masks and shields that you could obviously make. I mean, you know, we're talking about, we're not talking about a mass production line here, and yet I'm under I'm uh, uh, under the impression that when you walk into a hospital with thirty you know quality masks and shields, that makes a big difference. Am I right about that? Oh, there's no question. I mean, that's that's what they're telling us, and especially when you get them all the way to the front lines. And there there are there are ERs that don't have them. Right. And when, you know when you show up with ten, fifteen for 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 an ER, that covers a shift. Right. You know that that is it, it does. I mean, we're we're being told, you know, and, and the amount of appreciation we're getting from the doctors and nurses out there is just is just overwhelming. Uh, did you always know that you had a lab that had this kind of capability? Well, we didn't always have one. Uh, <laughs> we just we just opened this lab this year, actually, um, and we're still we're still in the process of kind of learning. You know, what we could do with it, and um, this, this whole idea came about last week. Our science department chair, Diane, Glick, uh, Diane Weintraub, got a, a, an email from other Fab Lab directors. She's on a listserv you know, in, in the country who, who were toying with this idea, and she kind of passed it on to us and to me and to our, our Fab Lab director. And my first response was to ask him, can we do this? And uh, he ran over to the lab on Monday to fiddle with it and see what we could do. And he brought me a prototype Monday night, dropped it off at my house. And he was kind of standing you know, six feet apart on my porch as I tried to put it on. And I put it on my head and the 
you know, the, the plastic shield piece popped right off. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we knew we had something, but we, we knew we weren't there yet either. So, no, we didn't know we could do it until we tried, and we tried multiple times. But now now we've got it down pretty well, and we're, we're churning them out, thank God. There are a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot may be uh, misleading, but there are schools around this country that have similar laboratories. Um, are, are they also... Uh, being propelled into action because the truth is if you're making, I don't know, whatever the number is, 10, 20, 30 at a time, uh, you know, if every fab lab in the country does that, it could certainly make a dent in the current crisis. Have you heard from others around the country? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was this was one of our, our our top priorities. Once once word got out that we were doing and we got so inundated by you know, by these requests. And the requests were not coming just locally. They were coming from New York, New Jersey. I mean, I got an email last week from somebody representing two major hospitals in the in, in, in New Jersey who wanted to purchase thousands wow. from us. You know, <laughs> so I, I literally responded to her, this is out of our league. Um, but, but so one of the first things we tried to do was once we, we really felt we had the system down was to it was to write everything down step by step as to what we were doing, link that to the file, to the actual files necessary to print this, and then get that out there and share it with as many people as we can. Um, and actually, that post was now shared almost a thousand times, which is just mind-boggling. Um, but yes, I hear now that there are definitely schools and there there are other yeshivas that are that are in the process now. I understand that Frisch is doing this and TABC is getting up and running, and I think Westchester Day School is and Hafter is, and um, so there there are many others who are now joining this fight, which is really really heartwarming to see. Did you have uh, did you have reaction that was really really noteworthy? I'm, I know this is not the most important thing at this time, obviously with what the country's going through. But anybody in Washington or anybody in a uh, in a really serious medical outfit uh, contact you to appraise uh, what you and the uh, and the school is doing? Um, I, I mean, other than the doctors and you know hospitals in this area, um, no, nothing nationally. I mean, there's been some national press attention, but uh, nothing beyond that at this Do- point. Um, but but with, I'll tell you what's been far more heartwarming than the, than the media. It's been it's been people. You know, they, one of the pieces we need for this is, is something called buttonhole elastic. So it's it's just an elastic band that has these buttonholes cut through it, and that's what goes around the back of the shield. And when we put out a call for that, um, you know, there are literally people who are going to their children's clothing, outgrown clothing that they had, and cutting this out of their their, their toddler's pants and skirts. We, we had a grandmother who, who recognized when we showed the picture of what this looks like, that she had this in, in cloth diapers that she had in her attic from 20 years ago. <laughs> and she went up and started cutting those. We got, I, on, on my porch, I had a package of 30 elastic bands cut out of, uh, out, out of cloth diapers. And to me, that's just, you know, that, that's beyond recognition from anybody. Yeah, I you know, of the higher ups. That is that is amazing, uh, and uh, I would assume that the majority of people who are contacting you uh, are familiar with the fact that Kohelet is an Orthodox Jewish day school at this point. Yeah, it is, and thank God, it's really. I think it's created the Kiddush Hashem, and right. that's what we're being told. That's my that's, that's my point. In an era where 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 the way we behave is being noted both positively and negatively, it's great to add to the positive. Yeah, thank God. Um, 
Rabbi Dr. Gil Pearl, he's down there at Kohelet uh, Yeshiva High School, Yeshiva School. Are you? Is your responsibility K through twelve? Yes, K through twelve. Now, are you basically? Mm-hmm. Are you basically? You know, you mentioned some of the Yeshiva League schools, and I, I would assume you you are you know an extend an extension of that. I assume you were supposed to come to Sarachek, just as an example. Um, uh, are you operating the same way we are? Meaning, you know, your kids are online. Your kids, meaning your students, are online. You know, in class every day. Uh, uh, school building completely shut. Is it all working the same way for you as it is for us up here? Uh, absolutely, uh, same same way. We've been there. You know, we 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 closed probably a few days later, a few days after some of the schools up there did. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been out now. You know, this is our third week. Is it um, is it uh, working? Is it working? You're you're impressed by the online category, or you're frustrated by the online category? Definitely not frustrated. It, it is it is working as well as you know we, we could possibly have imagined. The kids are definitely learning and growing and are engaged. It is not like having school um, in person. You know, our kids are definitely missing. You know, I think both uh, on the academic side, on the social side, and definitely on the religious side also. Right. The the in person what you get from being in an avira that's you know that, that's conducive to, to growth. It's just not the same online, but, but there's no question that our kids are continuing to learn and to grow. And, you know, for me, I'm kind of sitting in our lab with with, with my computer open on Zoom meetings while I'm cutting elastic and <laughs> and feeding the, and feeding our laser machines. It's been quite a quite a ride. <laughs> Um, you, you just you just raised such an important point because the academics and the networking, or as the young people would call it, the socializing. Uh, you know, is, are both such important uh, aspects to being there live and in person in a school building and in a classroom setting. Uh, but uh, Rabbi Pearl, you just brought up something that that I I never really um, um, formulated, and that is the religious aspect. Uh, uh, there is no doubt, and some people up here might find this difficult to understand. There is no doubt that families Pesach seder's will be much different this year. And I don't just mean because of the circumstances, but because their children will not have had that interactive pre-Pesach experience with their teachers over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We're all going to be missing something. Um, you know, the as well as distance learning is, is working, it is obviously much easier for older kids to do than for younger kids to do. And so yeah. our it's, I think across the board, the younger kids are the ones who are, who are missing out the most. And, you know, it's hardest for working parents who are working from home to, to replace a teacher in that regard. And, and so, yeah, those kids are going to walk into Seder this year in a different way than they would have if school and, had been happening right. you know, and how, on campus. And how many parents, again, for some people up here, this might be hard for them to believe, how many parents depend on their kids both high schoolers and elementary school kids, and in some cases, kindergarten kids, to enhance the Seder with what they've, you know, been surrounded by in school over the last couple of weeks, usually. And when you say yeah. when you say a different religious experience or people will suffer religiously, it's not just us who won't be experiencing Tal, you know, in shul on the first day of Pesach. It's also many people who you know, for, for whom without their, their kids' regular contribution to the Seder and to Yuntif, you know, will be ignoring a lot of things, unfortunately. And I think it's important to remember, you know, this is not a pitch to support day schools right now. I get that. But the ripple effect when someone does support a day school, they don't realize the impact they're having on families and on congregations and on communities. 
it really is something that we don't consider always. People just think of it as supporting a school, but the reality is that you're supporting an entire religious support system for entire communities. And again, I would think, not to belittle the, the out-of-towners, but I would think outside of the New York area, it would be a much more uh, stark reality than what we have here. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think here in Philly, it's probably a little closer to, to what you have in right. in the New York area. Right. Um, but, you know, I was in Memphis for seven years. So that, that reality, and you know, in a school literally being the uh, – the engine that drives the you know the religious well-being of the community is definitely something that I've experienced and seen, and and there's no question the farther you know outside of the big, you know the large Orthodox centers in this country, the farther out you get, the more pivotal the the day school becomes in that in that process. Without yeah. a doubt, it's interesting. It's interesting how it works here. You know, you did your mayor was reporting back to Israel from when he, when they were still here when he was still here in the United States and trying to explain to people in Israel through the media, through his show, uh, just how essential the shul is here in the United States, especially the, 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 uh, the gigantic, the, the major shuls. Uh, you know, he right. said that so many people in Israel look at a shul, literally just a place to daven. He said, you don't realize that the synagogue in the United States, especially the major ones, is a place that's open from morning till night with shiurim, with events, with bar mitzvahs, with with uh, you know with um, a shiurim at night, etc. And there's so much, and it's really the centerpiece of the of the community. And in many communities, as you just described, the day school is the same way. Uh, something to keep in mind as uh, as we hope and pray that the schools open up soon. Um, who knows? A lot of questions yeah, right now, really. with not too many answers. Rabbi Dr. Gil Pearl. It is his uh, Kohelet Yeshiva High School that has been fabricating special protective face shields for medical professionals who are on the front lines battling COVID-19. Are these deliveries going on every day? What do you do? How often do you go to these medical centers? Oh, as soon as I can get them out. Um, we, have, we have a whole bunch of people in the community you know, who are connected, who work at these, you know, in, in these various places. So I'm often late at night dropping boxes in front of their, in front of their doors that right. they then take the next morning with them and we've gotten about about 350 out um but you know it, our biggest challenge right now is sourcing supplies the just the materials are are really hard to come by but we have somebody working on that around the clock right now so we're going to get a big shipment in actually tomorrow um and then we we hope we hope that uh, you know early next week before Yantef will be producing we hope two hundred a day is really our uh, amazing what we're aiming for now absolutely amazing call uh, call yeah. thanks for the kiddush Hashem call uh, great speaking right. with you and I look forward to speaking to you when things are a bit more normal please God stay healthy and have a chag kasher v'sameach to you as well Nahum, can I just mention sure. the website of people oh, yes. who want to get involved yes yeah, yes yes uh, please. It's um, www.koheletyeshiva slash face shields. Sorry, koheletyeshiva.org. That is www.koheletyeshiva.org slash face shields for anybody who wants to get involved in the project. Everything that we're raising is going to helping us source and, and, and find materials and then get them out to people on the front lines who need it. Is the address there if someone wants to send you elastic buttonholes? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And if you want to contact us, it's face shields at kohelatyeshiva.org. I literally, one more quick story. Sure. We have somebody who contacted us who lives in Miami Beach, Florida, who said she will drive anywhere on the East Coast to pick up what we need and bring it to us. And I contacted her, and she said she's dead serious. So, yes, 
if there are people who have materials for us or know how to find them, by all means, email us at facefields.kohelityeshiva.org, and we've got people who will go find it and get it to us. Amazing. Thank you, Rabbi Pearl. Great speaking right, with you. Thank you. Chag Kasher right, Rabbi Dr. Gil Pearl, head of school down at Kohelet in Philly. What an amazing project. <laughs> what a great Kiddush Hashem. Two minutes after 8 o'clock, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Also want to thank our friends at World Mizrahi. We're being simulcast on Facebook, courtesy of their efforts. Go to Facebook.com slash NachumSegal Network. Facebook.com slash NachumSegal Network.
happens when you're feeling all alone. You need some happiness to call your own. Nothing is going the way it should. You're trying to do the best you could. Lift up your eyes to the sky. Your life's in his hands. Trust in him. He will reply, guiding all your steps, always at your side. You are his joy and pride. And don't you know you're never alone? It doesn't matter where you are. There's nothing. By request from Avram Freed. Um, he is the uh, number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth, vice president of wine education, and 100 other titles that he has at uh, Royal Wine Corporation, Kedem. We know him as the one, the only Jay. Booksbaum. Underst- oh my gosh, I got, I got your app playing in my ears. Oh, good. Give me 30 seconds, I'm going to call you right back. No problem, that's great. Ooh. A moment ago, Jay said he was having trouble with the app. Thank God we haven't heard that from anybody else, Baruch Hashem. Uh, and then all of a sudden, look what happens. It's not, only, it's not only playing for him, it's playing for him while I'm actually on the phone speaking to him. A feature I love, by the way. And those of you who complain about that, by the way, that the app continues while you're on the phone, I hate to tell you, it happens with YouTube also. If I'm watching a YouTube video and then I get a phone call, I'm still hearing it. Uh, on the app. So that's not, that's not a Nahum Siegel network uh, issue. That seems to be a, a phone issue for everybody. Anyway, Jay, welcome. I, I apologize. Yeah, nothing to apologize for. It's you... so interesting. I put on the app yeah, I just... while I'm talking to you, and I figured it would be coordinated, but it's not. It's somehow. Well, the app's a drop behind, but it was not a, uh... oh, I th- were you listening on your actual phone on some other app? On my actual phone. Yeah, because I was just telling the audience that people sometimes say, you know, the app stays on while they're on a phone call. And I said, yeah, guess what? When you listen to a YouTube video and you get a phone mm-hmm. call, the that, that also stays on. So that's not a right. Malcolm Siegel Network thing. That seems to be a phone <laughs> thing. But anyway. No, but thank God I got your app. So I, I didn't have to. Yeah, I do have it. I Baruch mean, Hashem. I thought I didn't. And then I found it. And thank God. Baruch Hashem. Um, all right. So thank God you're you're safe and healthy. B'li'ayin hara. Baruch Hashem. B'li'ayin hara. Ten year, boo. And you're hunkered down in your, in your home headquarters where it's going to be a smaller Seder than usual. Were you, were you supposed to go away this year? I don't even remember. Yes, we were. We were away? supposed to go to Perfect Pesach, wonderful people. It was it was the ideal, you know, going away situation because they gave, you know, you have your own house. Right. They deliver all the food to the house for the Yom Tovah meal. Right. And then for like 
Chalamoid meals and, and Kiddushes and all that stuff, it's together in this big tent with 500 people. Right. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so that all got canceled. Um, but listen, I got a whole bunch of wine in the cellar. <laughs> You're not worried, huh? <laughs> you know. Um, Jay, uh, you, this is something we really haven't concentrated on at all. And, and, and frankly, I don't even know if I should put you in this position. But, I mean, it's you must be hearing from those thousands of people who have to cancel uh, Pesach programs. I mean, what what are you hearing? Are they? I mean, th- they must be very concerned about their future. Oh my gosh, uh, you're talking about the, the program the operators. operators or the, the, no, the operators. Yeah, yeah, the operators are just. They don't know what to do well, at this point. Yeah, I, I think I think caterers are more concerned than the operators. Even the, yeah, the operators are are in terrible shape. Most, not most, all of them have lost tons of money. Right. Some more, some less. But then there's a whole group of caterers that don't know what the future is going to hold, not only because they just got, you know, they just lost their jobs, these big jobs catering these big events, but also because how are people going to react even after, God willing, all of this is over to larger parties to, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know. Talk about a life changer, an absolute life changer, I'll tell you. Yeah. And yeah. I and I can't even think. You know, my kids ask me about uh, about similar episodes or or things that you know have also thrown off people. You know, at a moment's notice, obviously people think of nine eleven and hurricanes, etc. But th- th- this is just so incomparable. This is just so off the yeah. charts compared to the rest of them. And this is the entire world, of course. You know, when you when you see those uh, those cartoons of the globe with a you know a closed a closed sign on it you know sorry closed or whatever it is you know it's just right. it, it's 100 percent true at this point it's just unbelievable by the way i heard there was a break and I'm, I'm being serious now um because there there likely would have been a problem with kosher wine but in any it, tell me if i'm right or wrong about this in any country that makes right. kosher wine and i guess that would mean any country that makes wine in general they did allow the wineries to continue am i right about that yes that's right wine is considered an essential, just like food. Right. Um, which was a break. Which was a break. Cause, cause yeah, it's a, great. Authorities could have gone in the other direction on that. So it's... absolutely. And and what's interesting about that is is that to to maybe Gentiles it's not so true, but to Jews it really is an essential. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I have that. I have that uh, picture uh, hanging on the wall here in the studio. Kosher. Uh, it's a store that says kosher wine for sacramental purposes. That's from the from Prohibition. Remember. You've seen right, you've right. seen that picture before, so yeah, we we certainly uh, view it as an essential. But again, just because of the timing, if they would have closed in the beginning of March, it would have been you know quite a problem, I assume, in, in some places, you know, getting uh, kosher wine or certain types of kosher wine, you know, to some places. So that's why. Well, I- even now, the state of Pennsylvania, as an example, uh, has closed all of their stores. Now, the reason why that's pertinent is because the only place you can buy wine or spirits in Pennsylvania is in Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board stores, with the exception of a, a, of a bunch of uh, supermarkets that also get it from the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Right. Now, everything is closed. So what do you do? You know, and The answer is some of the grocery stores still had um, kosher wines, and also there's a whole group of sacramental wine sellers, meaning kosher wine sellers, grocery stores, Murray Street Kosher in Pittsburgh and, um, uh, well, I mean, 
some uh, some grocery stores in in Philadelphia area. Shoprite, for example, has some kosher wines. Uh, so, but but yeah, th- there's a, a situation where it was almost virtually impossible to get any wine and spirits, or certainly spirits. You don't need spirits for Pesach, but. Right. Uh, in the in all of the state of Pennsylvania, it was very difficult. Unbelievable. Jay, yes. Jay Booksbaum is with us. All right, it's a unique seder. Uh, you pointed out something to me that I didn't even think about before we went on the air, and that is that because so many Pesach Sturm are going to have so few people at them, right, immediate family, a couple, in many cases a person alone, unfortunately, and we've spoken about right. that countless times, how painful it is. Um, you, you, ha- you have a... a volume of wine recommendation you have you have a, a wine management recommendation go ahead and tell us what you mean okay um here i am right usually i have somewhere between 18 and 23 people right. when i'm not away for Pesach at some program uh this year we're going to have thank god the three of us my lovely wife brenda and my and grandma aggie and the question is, I'm going to go down to the cellar. I'm going to pick out a great bottle of wine. I think I'm going to start off with a lineage Pinot Noir. Mm. Uh, I'm, what do I do? Do I drink it throughout the night, and and if I and therefore not try anything new from Israel or from France or whatever, uh, and then just leave half a bottle? What what do I do? And the answer is, uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I I'm going to try a whole bunch of different wines. What will you and do with the half bottles remaining? So, so I'm going to recork those half bottles. If it's a white wine, I'm going to put it right back in the refrigerator, right back in the refrigerator. And if it's not, I'll leave it on the counter. And fooey, and I'm a purist when it comes to wine, mm-hmm. but fooey on those people who say <laughs> that it's not going to be good the next day. It is going to be good the next day. And I'll drink the rest of whatever's left over in all of those bottles throughout Yontif. And it'll be fine. You'll would, enjoy them. Would you drink fact, the Would you drink the same ahead. Would you drink the same bottle Wednesday night at the Seder, and then again the same bottle Friday night for Shabbos Cholamoid? Absolutely. And in some cases, depending on the wine, the wine will actually get better. In some cases, depending on the wine, the wine will lose some of its fruit and will lose some of its richness. Give me a wine. In, give me a wine that you're confident would get better in that circumstance. Oh, Herzog Limited. Uh, Chalk Hill Cabernet. That will get better. Oh, yeah. And two days from now, <laughs> in fact, it, 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 I'm not even giving it a fair chance by opening it and popping it and pouring it out that first night. It's going to be great, but it'll be a heck of a lot better, um, you know, hours later and certainly a day or two later. Interesting. So this, so the wine snob in my neighborhood, and he knows who he is, who insi- yeah, I know. Who, no, I, don't, <laughs> I know him too. No, but I don't think you're, I don't think you're thinking of the same person. Okay, the one you're the one you're thinking of would never dare dare say this, but but there is a wine snob in my neighborhood who who insists that if I have half a bottle left from Friday night, I must throw it out shop this morning. Uh, you would say that's a hundred percent false, and your expertise tells you differently. Not not for me. Yes, I mean if you want to throw it out, do me a favor, whoever that is out there, if you're listening. Put the cork back in and save it for me. <laughs> there you go. And when you say recork, you simply mean put the cork back on. You're not talking about right. pushing it in at a, at a crazy amount or anything. Just get no. that cork back on no, the bottle. And, and in fact, there are there are things that are uh, you know vacuum sealers right. where you can pump out the air and put in this rubber cork on top of you know this rubber cork goes on top of it and then you pump out the air and that would and be better. The vacuum. Um, I'm not 
I'm not keen on those. I just don't. I just don't see the differences. Interesting. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I'm not really. I, I you know, I, I it's fine, and I don't even not recommend it. But I think it'll be fine if you just stick the cork back in, leave it in a, at um, you know, cool, away from sunlight, away from vibration place, and it'll be fine. All right, at least for several days. Jay Booksbaum is with us, number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. Um, all right, let's uh, spend the next few minutes just to give some Seder tips that uh, many of which you've given in the past, but of course, you know, it's been a year since the Seder. Um, let's start with wine, then we'll go to grape juice. On wine, there are a lot of uh, low alcohol recommendations, right? Inclu- right. Including my favorite, um, uh, Concord Cal, which is a really low alcohol, good tasting wine, if you like the right. uh, what we'd call, right. I guess, a kosher table wine. And then you have different, and then you have. You have other low alcohol, relatively low alcohol wines that are a little bit of an upgrade from that. That are you know, right? Uh, right. So people could look for those, and uh, obviously, if they're um, concerned about uh, not not really concerned about getting drunk, just really concerned about drinking on an empty stomach, essentially, right? That's the the first couple of cups could be rough, you know, in that way, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's what you're trying to trying to well, do with the low alcohol. Mind, I, I I know it's as funny as it sounds. I kind of have to remind myself every year, I just talking to Brenda last night, remember the second coast is right before the meal. Right. You don't have to wait to the third coast to get to the meal. So the second coast is right before the meal, and then you'll have food to go with it, hopefully into the meal, uh, that you'll drink, continue to drink some nice wines. Don't overdo it, but right. continue to drink some nice wines. After that, understood. Uh, are you making specific recommendations for this year, or your usual recommendations in terms of the uh, the good and the uh, uh, higher quality wines would be the same? Well, I just made I just made a rec- I just put on uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube yet, but I just put on some of our social media last night. Pinot Noir is always a good wine to start off with. Cool. As I tell everybody, I just go down to my cellar and say, hmm. What am I going to have? So it's a game time decision for me. But as a general rule, I think Pinot Noir is a good, you know, for those dry wine drinkers, is a good bottle of wine to start with. Why? Because it's generally lower in alcohol, uh, somewhere between 12 and 13 percent instead of between 13 and 15 percent. And it's also a lighter, fruitier wine. So that's also a good reason, especially if you're doing it, like you said, on an empty stomach. Right. And then there's a whole slew of light, you know, lighter alcohol um, wines. Of course, a lot of them are, um, like you said, Concord Cal, and then there's Matuk Rousseau. I right. was talking to Rabbi Tights, a great, great man, um, and he was telling me that the only wine that that settles his stomach that he likes is Matuk Rousseau mm-hmm. in the 1.5 liter, and that's because it doesn't have sugar added. It actually, it is sweetened, but it is sweetened with grape juice, with grape juice concentrate, so or grape juice, so that it it's, it seems to be easier on his stomach. Um, and then there's a new wine from um, Oregon News called Amuka Cabernet Light, which is a wine that was fully made into 100% Cabernet with full alcohol, and then through pr- some and they won't tell us through some proprietary proprietary uh, method. They actually remove the de-alcoholize the wine to nine percent, and so therefore the wine tastes like real Cabernet. It's dry, and it's not flimsy whimsy, and it's really quite delicious. Is that available? Is it, nine, is it out yes. there? It's out there for those people. Again, you know, you're you're 
wine shops are open, I would, if it were me, I would either have them deliver it to my front door, leave it in front, and then go crazy with the with the wipes and the, all that stuff to wipe it all down. But, um, and I think you know, being crazy about this is about this situation is a good thing. Going overboard is a good thing because God forbid you don't want to catch it and you know something bad should happen. So that's one way. There are a bunch of retailers that will deliver online, uh, you know, through UPS or, or FedEx or whatever. Um, you can Google that. And that's know. Orhaga News, you said. Orhaga News Amuka Light. Interesting. Cabernet. Very interesting. Jay Bookspam is with us. All right. Uh, people are always concerned this time every year. You know, we always get the question pre-Pesach about those with diabetes, uh, those in general with uh, with health issues. Um so there are some recommendations you can make, right? Yeah, there are. Uh, I would first of all, I always preface this remark by saying, speak to your doctor, right, and make sure that he's on board and understands what your requirements are, etc. Uh, people make the mistake that, you know, if it's a dry wine, it means that it's okay since I'm a diabetic and there's no sugar in it. But alcohol is also not recommended for diabetics. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. I would say that uh, as a general rule from what I've learned over the years, it's best to have a dry wine that is both dry in sweetness and also light in alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, you know, wines that like Jeunesse is is a little bit lighter in alcohol. that's a good idea. Um, um, Chenin Blanc is a little bit lighter in alcohol. Um, Amuka, there you go, Amuka Light Cabernet. Is nine percent in alcohol and zero, I mean not zero, but you know close to no sugar. Um, some of the grape juices, light grape juices, uh, third less calories they say, etc., which simply means that there's just it's it's a, a lighter, thinner grape juice that probably would be healthier for those people who are watching their sugar intake. I was always wondering how that would do when it was introduced years ago, and it seems to have done pretty well. Oh, it's doing great. Yeah. It's doing great and. People, and according to all halachic opinions, as far as royal wine and Kedem is concerned, it is 100% okay for the Arbacosos. So, um, you know, those are, those are some of the recommendations. But again, all of this is said with the caveat that uh, you need to, you know, run this by your, you should run this by your doctor. Also, Jay, uh, every year you tell us about the difference in the grape juice bottles, what people need to know, because there are people out there that would prefer to use uh, wine and or grape juice that is non-mavushal, especially for uh, uh, the Dalit Kosos, for the four cups during the Seder. What do people need to know? So according to the Taylor Marov, every single grape juice that we make is mavushal. Oh, I thought there was except, a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> except, except for the 1.5 liter... And that's the, that's, I think is virtually, well, there is a 22 ounce, but it's the only uh, bottle that's in large format that is in glass. Mm, All the other large format bottles, 32 ounce, 64 ounce, 96 ounce, if you're getting a Costco, you're getting from Costco from one of the big box stores. um, Those are all the bushel according to everybody, the OU, et cetera, et cetera. But the 1.5 liter Concord grape juice, which is in a glass bottle with a long neck that is not mavushal. Um, so on the one hand, you know, it's a hidor for many people that mm-hmm. they want something that is not mavushal. On the other hand, if you're going to have guests 
and you know it's rarer, obviously. Right. This this may all, this, but this may not be the year guests, that we need to say that, but right. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to have guests, maybe maybe you've quarantined with people right. that are not observant, right? Or that you know somebody who's not even Jewish, uh, uh, a uh, an aide, aid. somebody's aide, right? That's true. Yeah, That's an aide or something. You want to be careful about wanna, that, and you want to be careful. So do not use the 1.5 liter, right? Uh, so that they, you know, they won't handle it, and it, it'll remain, it'll remain with its kosher integrity intact. Jay Booksbaum with us. All right, folks. Uh, information, uh, Jay. I assume you again will uh, give out your uh, email address for those who want to uh, follow up sure. with you on any questions. So the letter J, Booksbaum. B U C H S, like Sam. B A U M at Kedem. K E D E M, just like the grape juice dot com. It's letter Again, the letter J B U C H S B A U M at Ketem dot com. Uh, now, I mentioned to you off the air that, um, and, and again, I'm, I, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot at all. I just want you to give us a, a word about it. Uh, the company uh, that you're with, uh, Kedem, and those who are uh, affiliated with it uh, have produced under different brand names and, incred- and have made available to the public an incredible number of food items uh, for Pesach as well. So you, yeah. got, you guys are not only responsible for the world of kosher wine and grape juice, which uh, you just reviewed for us, and we thank you, but people should also pay attention because a lot of great new products uh, that you say are out there uh, under different brand names, but if you check carefully, you'll see that there's a, a Kedem connection somewhere, um, and people will find those as they shop uh, pre-Pesach right now in the next few days. Right. And what's interesting, I was talking to Marty Bodner. You know Marty Bodner, sure. right? Last night, who sadly has lost his mother, and so I was paying a shiva call over the phone. And he's a he's an ex-caterer, lives in Florida now. And we were talking about the fact that all these people that w- that would have gone away for Pesach that are now at home, and I don't want to stay stuck at home because you know, there's something nice. <laughs> right. I've gone away for That's Pesach true. and I've been home. That's true. And there's really something special that you can't, <laughs> You, you can never, it, it's not the same having a Seder in a hotel and at home. It's really, really special being at home. And, of course, we don't want to be under these circumstances. But in any event, all those people, and it's estimated it could be somewhere between sixty and 100,000 people or more wow. that go away for Pesach that are now home, wow. have to have, you know, when the caterer buys ketchup, he buys it by the ten number 10 can, you know. Right. <laughs> Uh, and and when he buys matzah mail, he buys it by the bag, you know, the fifty pound bag. So all these all these products that you need for your home for Pesach are now available in the stores. There's still time, and there's still plenty of merchandise out there in smaller, you know, small boxes, uh, small consumer sizes that are available. Ketchup and mustards, of course, not real mustard, and mustards and all kinds of sauces and all kinds of pastas, even that are even <laughs> non-Gebrux pastas. Jay, what would uh, what would the old the old country in Williamsburg say if they heard there was kosher Pesach pasta? What would they say right, to you, Jay? Jay? They would say, "What pasta? <laughs> potatoes and meat. That's it. Potatoes and meat." I would. You know? I would. What street were you on again? I always forget. What street were you on? Wilson Street. When you were Wilson. on Wilson Street. And by the way, yeah. and by the way, they're right across the river from us, and we're praying for our friends in Williamsburg. There's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of sickness and death that's going on. It's one of the neighborhoods that's been very, very hard hit. When you were on Wilson Street, Jay, I'd have to assume 
that on Pesach your 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 menu items were limited. Am I right about that? Oh my God! As a kid, <laughs> the you know it was all like onions, not, you know, onions, potatoes, you know, all that kind of eggs. Stuff. And then a lot of when eggs. Cot, I don't know if you remember this, Nachum. When Cot came out with OU soda, yeah. I do remember, remember that. that. Yes, that was the first time that was like something packaged. Until then, we had to use um, uh, Saratoga Vichy water, right? Which was sparkling with all the all the the uh, raw what do you call it? Like salts and all that stuff was in there, and Himbersaft, which was uh, raspberry syrup. Oh, I, me- I remember that. I, it, there was what, that? We, what did we call that? It had a name. It had a name. I forgot what we called it, but yeah, that strawberry syrup. And actually, that was wasn't that a Kedem product? Yes, it was. Yeah. Himbersaft. I'm trying to I think. think the, I'm trying to think what was it. at the table. We were not a big water drinking family growing up, so I'm trying to think what was at the table. I think a lot of apple juice. I think apple juice was available, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, apple. You're right. And right. and apple and, and milk. Right. We drank on Pesach. I'm trying to think what we had during a fleshach meal on Pesach. Maybe it was just juice. I don't remember anything else until the, well the soda that you mentioned. No, but Saratoga Vichy water. You don't maybe, remember Maybe, maybe we had that. I don't remember. I don't remember we ever. In that really... green bottle. Yeah, I remember what it looked like. I just don't remember it at the at you know on. Pesach but nobody stuff, liked though. it because it came right from the spring and they didn't clean it up. It was like salty <laughs> and minerally. Oh gosh, very minerally, I guess. <laughs> really minerally. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that's what Wilson Street was like, huh? That's what that's what yeah. that's what your your parents decided to serve you in those days. Did you have borscht at least? Nah. No, no borscht. Mean, I, maybe my daddy dad did, but we didn't. And then and then I, if you remember this, also Klein's not Klein's. Um, what was the name of that uh, chocolate? Uh, there was a chocolate. Came, there was a chocolate. That was O U. That was O U P. How do I not remember this? Oh, and gosh. he only let us eat that the last oh, day. Oh, you're talking about Barton's. You're talking about Barton's. Barton's, right. Barton's, right. Right. There were certain things from Barton's we were only allowed to eat on Crunchal Pesach, right. Right. But, right. There were, but there were some things I think that, like the, the Seder mints, I think we were allowed to have on Pesach itself, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, maybe but, in later years, anything goes. I mean, now they have hot dog buns, for goodness <laughs> sake. You know? But there were certain items from Barton's I remember that we had to save till Achrenshul Pesach. Oh, Barton's. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. You remember, uh, you said Clyde. I was in camp with Ellie Clyde. <laughs> I hate to say what year, but uh, he he was the most popular guy in camp because he always got these Bar- <laughs> Barton shipments. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you just reminded me about something else. Yeah, one of my favorite conversations with the great late Leo Thurm. You remember Leo? No, 104 years old. Unbelievable, you know. And and I just this past Rosh Hashanah, had right? every had every sense, stability, and sense in his brain until he was Mister. And I think it was just it was this past Rosh Hashanah or the year before that. I don't remember anymore. I think it was around Rosh Hashanah time, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, right. he, he was an amazing friend, supporter. He always encouraged us here like crazy for years and years and years. Anyway, one day I got into a conversation with him about Pesach. Do you remember? We used to call it, I think we used to call it spread. Like, that's how we, as a family, referred to it. It was a box. It was a little box. I think it was blue and white of the the most incredible thing to put on matzah. Right. And a, I, round, a round box. Was it round? It was round, and it was in triangles. No, right? no, no, no. That's... Those are... That, those We used to call that corner cheese. Yeah. that I know those. Those are, those are still yeah. around. 
but there yes, was something for a couple of the couple of years available, and I described it to him, and he said, "Yeah." Uh, and I said, "When I was a kid, it was the most unbelievable tasting thing to put on matzah." And he said that there was a production line of it for a couple of years, and then something happened that they changed the recipe in Switzerland. Or I don't know what it was exactly. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that too. Right. And and I wish if I could have one thing from my past for Pesach, that would be it. To bring yeah. back that cheese spread was so incredible. <laughs> it was, it was and that incredible. and that and that, by the way, you probably did have on Wilson Street, right? Yeah, I would think yeah, because did. my Leo Oliver Shalom, I called him Uncle Leo because right. my 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 uncle Herman Booksbaum worked there, right. and they were best friends. In fact, uh, Leo was was at my uncle's was my uncle's best man at his wedding, whatever, whatever, uh-huh. but. So we used to end up with Schmerling chocolate right. every, every pace. They, they were Schmerling. Back right. to cheese right. from Uncle Herman and Uncle Leo. So, yeah. Was Leo your first boss? No, no. I did work for them for about a year in between, you know, uh, a, a gig that I had for in the non-kosher wine business and going into Ketem. So for about a year, year and a half, or a little bit over a year. So you were you were officially a world cheese what seller? What were you? I, I was the it was the uh, national sales manager. Nice for world cheese. Nice for a year. So you know your cheese. Oh baby, you know how good the smoked cheese is for Millers. Oh gosh, <laughs> they're all good. And and I wish you know as I'm getting older, I I can eat less and less cheese. Not because I like it less and less. I like it more and more, but. It's just too heavy on the stomach, you right. know. Um, and you remember the Miller's Cheese Store on Essex Street, right? Of course, yeah. of course. Oh, you probably worked with that gentleman because I think I saw him when I visited Leo at work one day. I think he ended up working after it was closed here. I think he ended up working at the company itself. If I'm not that's mistaken. right. Yeah. That's right. Jay, this has been an amazing trip down memory lane. Think of yeah. me. Think of me when you sit down to the Seder Wednesday night. I, you know, I I urge people to. Don't be afraid to pull the stops out. If you have a really special bottle of wine that Go you've been waiting to share with, you know, somebody who's fancy and yada yada yada, don't wait. Go for it. We've learned we've learned one thing from this. You know, life is short. Don't save anything uh, for tomorrow. Don't save it for tomorrow. Enjoy it. Yeah. The old uh, the old thing they say to you: Don't save it for a special occasion. Make today a special right. occasion. Jay, you're amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. A chag kasher v'sameach to you, of course. Thanks for all your recommendations, and thanks for being one of the main uh, supporters, uh, enthusiasts, uh, backers, uh, and friends of this network for the last 30 years. It is much appreciated. Stay healthy, everybody, and stay apart. Yes, stay apart, and uh, we'll hopefully be able to stay together. And remember what I've said, folks. We're doing this all because... Next year, we want to be together. Next year, we want to be as close to each other as possible. Just the opposite of this year. And if you look at the calendar, this year we go from Yontif into Shabbos. Next year, it's the exact opposite, Shabbos into Yontif. And hopefully, not just on the calendar, but hopefully in general, next year will be the exact opposite. Yishai Rebo at JM in the AM. Thank 
J.M. and the A.M., uh, that's Yishai uh, Rebo with the brand new song that many are speaking about. Very powerful, Keter Malchut. Keter Melucha, rather. Keter Melucha. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher and kosher Le Pesach world since 1954. And available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Try A&H. Today, I want to thank those who've been commenting on the app. Thank you. Uh, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Listener Khani says, I have two unopened bottles of sweet red wine from last Pesach. Would it still be good for this year's Seder? I couldn't uh, 
I didn't see this before Jay left uh, the phone line. Hmm. I would think it would be all right. Maybe it tastes a little bit different than if it was from this year, but uh, I think I would go for that. Uh, Yitzchak says, how about Concord Call? Yeah, early in the conversation with Jay, I recommended the 3% alcohol Concord Call, uh, which is a great recommendation. Listener Chaya says, in Crown Heights, we had seltzer from the glass bottles with syrup, meat, and potatoes, and we had sugar cubes as a treat. Chani says, oh, the Seder mints. And then uh, someone else points out, had new uh, old-fashioned seltzer bottles. Yes, uh, that that was exactly, I'm, I'm thinking now that that's what it was uh, like at our Seder. Finally, <laughs> with the help of our listeners, I was able to remember uh, what we had at the Seder table growing up to drink, and that was the old traditional seltzer bottles, with, very often with that syrup that Jay was talking about. And yes, sugar cru- cubes is a treat. I remember that as well. Boy, oh boy. Thursday morning broadcast, Jay, I mean, the AM Pesach a little different these, uh, this time around, not just because of the uh, food options that we now have in this generation, but obviously Pesach starting Wednesday night is going to be very different for many people. Glad we're here to help everyone get to it. We will uh we'll we'll certainly uh we will certainly on Wednesday since on Thursday we will not be in shul to hear tal, we'll certainly Wednesday era Pesach uh present a version of tal or two uh for everybody so that uh, we'll at least have the feel of being at the tal service that would normally be at Musaf on the first day. Of Pesach, you know that Mark Zamek, uh, in addition to being uh, another one of those amazing NSN staff members who's uh, always doing great original programming for us, uh, he has something called the Arab Shabbos Show that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time every single Thursday night on regular Fridays during regular times. It's encored at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, and it's also encored at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, uh, which it likely will be tomorrow. I say likely because it may be a few minutes off just based on the schedule these days. But you have an opportunity to hear it three times, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem who we were just speaking to and about. Uh, the great people at Kedem bring you the Erev Shabbos show. Uh, a total of nine hours, and you could hear it three times, and, and you'd still be inspired by it. That's how good and original it is every single week. And tonight, Mark tells me, is going to be something even better than usual. Mark Zamek, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. You don't have to wait until Wednesday to hear a version of Tom. Whoa! So is, it gonna be on, is it going to be on tonight? Well, I would say maybe non-traditional versions of Tal, ones you wouldn't want to hear in Shul, but you, could you pick the two that I would play tonight? Oh, uh, I assume one from Kolachai. Of course. Another one that is non-traditional. Right. Hmm. I'd have to Luckily, think. Luckily, I can... Lucky I can sort my songs in alphabetical order since the one you might forget. I have to, yeah, I have to think about this one. I can't think of it. Jonathan Rimberg and Jeff Braverman, Shoresh. Wow. Have a towel. Wow. That's great for you. to. I'm glad you told me that. I can play it on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why that I'm in- has some inter that has some interspersings of the traditional one, but of course it's uh, you know much more modern version. I'm in here early on Friday mornings, not to do bonus JM because I like the Erev Shabbos show to go you know as late as possible until JM and the AM, so we don't do bonus JM on Fridays usually. But the reason I come in so early is to get hints from you about the playlist for that week because because you, you know exactly what to play. Now, why is I know that this is a question reserved for Wednesday night, but I'll ask it now. Why is tonight? different from all other nights? I don't know. You know, I, I think about what I'm going to play on any given week, and of course I don't want to be in the, let's call it the straight normal mode of what people would expect on any given week, because part of what we do at, at the Nachum Single Network is our general music mix. 
that happens when 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 there's not a let's call it original programming is that how we say it right when there's not live programming our general music mix is always very tailored to the day right meaning that any listener who's going to listen today i don't know it's well maybe not today is a bad example but yesterday afternoon or tonight after 11 o'clock or whatever is going to hear pesach music and hollow music and stuff like that leading up and shabbos music leading up into whatever the the day sort of drives i always want to now i have to feel i obligated as the music director for, I don't know, for 75 years, <laughs> I feel like I have to take it to the next level. Right. So, I, of course, review the Parsha, see if there are any Parsha songs. I mean, the, the one cool thing about Parsha Tav is that it only has 96 Psukim, which is, I think, the only Parsha where the name of the Parsha and the number of Psukim coincide. Right. I, I, was, uh, I was hoping for Parsha's bow, but it didn't happen, yeah. What are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> um, and... Um, but, of course, you have the Shabbos HaGadol Haftar, which I was surprised to learn Chabad. The Chabad doesn't have the minhag to read the last parak of Malachi the way we read it, we read it for Shabbos HaGadol. Well, that, that, uh, that, that's Minig HaGra. Minig HaGra was, I, I believe, that the Gra only read the Shabbos HaGadol Haftorah when Shabbos HaGadol was Erev Pesach, like next year. Uh, I believe that's, I believe that's the Minig, yeah. Uh, I can look it up. So one of the websites I use every week is the Chabad, which is a great source. For a lot of Arab Shabbos stuff, but then I'll also go through Dafyomi, mm. um, and this is what made oh this is what really made me excited this week. I was in such a good mood on Tuesday, yeah, <laughs> um, because of this. Is that first you know in, in Brachos there are like every dot of Brachos has like fifteen songs on it, and but then the first the first twenty or thirty blot of of, of Shabbos was pretty hard, um, and all of a sudden like there was an explosion this week or next week. Of you know uh, biblical references where um, where there are um, songs in the that, that that I can reference and play those, and one of them was uh, the pasuk that we say on Sunday in the Yom we put Torah ways to Sharma Shechem Binasu Right, and the song that popped into my head for whatever reason and there are like a probably a dozen versions of that song was the Lenny Solomon. Kesher 3. It's a good song. That's, That's a, a good great song. song. Yeah. And I did not have it on my computer. Right. For whatever reason, I don't have Kesher 3. Right. So I, I emailed His Royal Highness, the King of Schlock, <laughs> and within within minutes, I promise you, it was less than an hour, he had emailed me back the two versions of the song, because he remade the song on a later album. I think it was called... Telanu Siman or something like that. He remade the song later on. And then when I asked another question, he basically just sent me a, a Dropbox link to every song he's ever um, he's ever produced. Wow. So, um, but when I downloaded Keshar 3 and started listening to not only that song, oh my gosh, what an amazing album that really, in my mind, held up. So I, I had three or four other songs from Keshar 3 that were totally appropriate to play because they're Hollow songs or whatever, that's, or Shabbos songs. That's the one with Shushan on it? Yes. Which is not my favorite song on the album. Right. But but um, you have but to play it on Shushan Purim, right? Yeah, but, but just such an amazing album that really totally holds up in my mind. And it really made me super excited to do the show, and I worked a lot of the other stuff from that album in. And again, there are a lot of other Sukkim off the beaten path. Yes, I played... I would call it Seder songs. I asked Leora, what, what Seder songs should I play? She goes, oh, you must play the Yonatan, Scheinfeld, the Nishma. Right. Right, which you always think of as a Seder song, but right. certainly it's an Arab Shabbos song, a Yom song. Um, 
the diaspora. Lois, I was saying it was all right. I mean, there are songs that we don't always think of as quote unquote Seder songs because we think of Seder songs. We think of the traditional Avodimayinu and stuff like that. So, so one second, how many Kesher three songs ended up in tonight's show? I think th- at least three. Wow. And the other question is, how many uh, Hine Anochis are in tonight's show? I think two. Nice. I played the classic one. Right. Um, and I ask the question as I do every single year. I, mean, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I ask the question every single year on the Hine Anochis song. Uh, the Pasuk does not say Eliyahu Hanavi. Right, it says Eliyah. Correct. But almost every song says Eliyahu Hanavi. Right. <laughs> and, and when it comes to Dvinkus, uh, when it comes to Dvinkus, right, I would expect, I mean, Rabbi Sharfman or whatever, who's uh, to would have asked him, ask himself this question, because not only are th- these people um, Jewish music artists, but in the case of Dvinkus, they're Machanchim and Rabbanim and, and, and people who have probably read Shabbos HaGadol HaTorah from the Amud. Right. Right. You know, so... It's just an interesting question that always pops into my head, and I try to find references. I'm sure I had a Mayor Weingarten conversation about it. I'm not sure I've ever gotten a good answer. I think that um, I think that Moshe Shore has a version of the song, and he says Eliyah, I, I believe. If I'm not yeah, no, I'm sure even more modern. I think modern, more with the, the later songs, the more recent songs. I think people are more medoptic. And the other song that I found, oh my gosh, I'm glad this just popped into my head. There's a story. And this was like, and I think this was the moment, this will be the moment of the show. There, there was a story, the Gemara, the, the, there's a Pasuk the Gemara brings down, referencing a story with Alicia Hanavi, right. that Alicia was really upset at Chizkiah. And um, in order to calm him down, he asked him to play music for him. And the music calmed him down. And only after he was calmed down from the music, he was able to receive the Nevuah from Hashem. And um, and and the words were menagain um, menagain um, uh, or something like that. It's a New York City Boys Choir has one version, but there are, right. I think uh, there are a couple other versions of that song. And it was such a powerful message to me for this time and what we do every single day, every single week on the network is music is it, music can so easily I know from this personally can so easily change our mood for the good and uplift us and put us in the mood. I, you know, I, I'm sure I've said to you a number of times that um, the last song, for whatever reason, the last song I listen to before I dive in Call Midre is the acapella version of Death Man and the Steeple. Right. Because for some reason it just puts me in that Yom Kippur mood of, you know, of where I need to be because it's hard as a Baal as you know, everybody comes into shul and Kol Nidre puts him in the, the Yom Kippur Muda, but, but as a devout, devout tefillah, as you know, you sort of have to come in in the Yom Kippur Muda already, right? Because you don't have the luxury of waiting for Kol Nidre to put you in the Yom Kippur Muda because you're dominating Kol Nidre. So that's the song that puts me in the mood. And, 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 so, and, and that message, uh, and, and my daughter Leora pointed out to me, that's pretty much what Shaul HaMelech did all the time, and that's how David got involved in the court is that Shaul was upset, and they brought in David to play the music to calm him down. Right. But I thought it was such a powerful message for what we do every single week. And again, it's an upbeat show and whatever, and people can listen to it later and next week if they don't have time tonight. But it was such a message for me on how we can use... And, and you know, you were talking about it with Jay or whatever, how different the Seder is going to be for so many people. Take a second and, you know, sing the song and... 
leave yourself enough time to do Nirza. You know, uh, like uh, I heard David Bashevkin saying yesterday in a show, like he was a teenager before he realized there was something going on after the meal <laughs> because he was already sleeping on the couch. Um, you know, it was the first time he ever heard someone sing Chagadja. So it was like it, it, that's the music is so important. And, and one of the things maybe people take away, look at my family. I know like 12 different verses of Chagadia. Right. Because my father and my uncle from their grandfather, you know, got, uh, you know, my daughter thought I was making up the name Moshe Aisha. Like she, you know, thinks she's making it up. But that those songs are so ingrained in our memory and it make you, they bring out, they evoke such meaning and feeling. And again, what we do every day, what I try to do every week is evoke that emotion and certainly now an uplifting emotion through the music. And that message of Alicia and that Pusik that, that popped out for me from next week's Daf Yomi, I think, was the, the drive for me to make this show as upbeat and as interesting and uplifting as possible. And that's sort of the, the Pesach message, is that use, this, use the power of music to, to, to bring you where you need to be for, uh, for a Pesach. Uh, Mark Zamek with the, uh, with the Erev Shabbos show tonight. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, tomorrow morning, 3 a.m. Eastern Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, chock full of amazing selections. We're going to dedicate this. Uh, it's about a four-hour show, by the way. Wow. So the 3 a.m. version, people will hear most of it. Not all of it, but uh, uh, eventually they'll hear uh, they'll hear it um, uh, at, the, at the 10 o'clock slot. Uh, but try to listen tonight, everybody. Try to listen tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, for the Arab Shabbos show. It'll be inspiring. Uh, dedicating this song to Mark Zomik. It's one of the ones you just mentioned. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Malcolm. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite, America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible uh, Thursday here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up. Full lineup, as you would suspect. At 11 a.m., we hope to have a uh, live lunch. We'll hopefully open it up to you as Zoomers as well, uh, the live lunch today. So uh, the details will be coming out in the uh, the, um, email. If you don't get our daily email, just email Avrami, af at nachomsegel.com. AF as in Finkelstein, af at nachomsegel.com. Let Avrami know you want to be on the uh, daily email, and he will take care of that so that you are included. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.